welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, editor of My Grapevine magazine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Liam Souter, the online editor for HR Grapevine. So welcome back to the podcast, Liam. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Yeah, thanks very much, Sophie. So as we usually kind of discuss before we get into our podcast episodes, there's obviously been lots going on in the world of HR this week. So before we kind of dive into today's topic, Liam, do you want to perhaps talk us through some of the stories that maybe caught your eye and some of the topics that you've been reporting on recently? Yeah, so this week, one of the biggest things to come out is the Trade Union Congress has made some calls for more bank holidays to be introduced in the UK. The TUC actually wants four more holidays throughout the year to give staff extra time off. You know, in comparison, some other countries across the world, such as Japan, have twice as many. And obviously, countries like Japan are famed for their efficiency and commitment to hard work. But there have been some warnings from the government about the economic ramifications that giving staff extra time off could have. Another story that doesn't naturally seem like it would be of interest to HR is the news of Cristiano Ronaldo completing his return to Manchester United this week. So we've been looking at how HR can learn from that and you know the benefits of rehiring former employees and what that will bring to the workforce. And we've also been looking at A-levels and GCSE results and how firms can attract school leavers and young recruits. Um, And in particular, with those results days, you know, whether it was a day to celebrate or commiserate, you know, it marks the end of a school year that was just full of incredible disruption, you know, for, for young people and their working parents. Yes, thanks for that, Liam. And as you say, with the the recent A-level and GCSE results, it does mark the end of a school year. And obviously, as we're kind of getting towards the end of the school holidays, the topic of going back to school and, and working parents is very much at the forefront once again. So as everyone knows, you know, throughout the the course of the pandemic and subsequent lockdown periods, there's been lots in the news about the challenges that different cohorts of workers have faced with working parents being one of those. So, for example, things like juggling childcare responsibilities and homeschooling all the while holding down a job were cited as definitely some of the biggest challenges that working parents were faced with. And this is actually reflected in some 2020 data in Clio's The State of Working Parents study, which essentially found that working parents were losing two full days per week due to childcare responsibilities. And obviously, during the lockdown period, that really does highlight uh, some of the intense pressures that working parents were under. In addition to this as well, some joint research from the University of Kent and the University of Birmingham suggested that the surge in the number of staff working remotely during the coronavirus pandemic also posed a wealth of challenges for working parents in particular. And since then, of course, as soon as lockdown restrictions eased, schools were able to reopen. But of course, more recently, as I said, we've had the school holidays, which undoubtedly has brought about additional challenges for working parents. 
And it's likely that working parents may have to adjust once again when the children do go back to school on Wednesday, the 1st of September, just shortly after the August bank holiday, particularly when things like school runs and and childcare come into play once again. So I thought it would be really important and a crucial issue for us to unpick today around how HR and employers can actually support working parents when the schools do go back. There are definitely a couple of different factors to consider in this. So one that springs to mind, I think, really is around flexible working hours. So allowing staff to have greater flexibility over the start and the end of their workday, which could allow for things like doing the school run or even taking children to extracurricular activities if they do have them. Alternatively, though, other parents may prefer to work through into the evening to free up time during the day for childcare and in and around school and nursery hours. And I think the key point here really is by allowing staff to have more flexibility over their working structures and their working days, it could really help them to maintain a better work-life balance. And aside from, of course, it being something that will be beneficial to working parents that have got these different responsibilities to juggle, I think there are also other ways that it can be beneficial to the HR agenda too. So, for example, 2020 data by researchers at Utah Women and Leadership Project found that flexibility and family-friendly policies at work can increase staff engagement, satisfaction and productivity. And in addition to this, some Bright Horizons data found that 48% see family life as a higher priority before the pandemic. But of course, flexibility and flexible working hours is just one of those considerations for HR. What else could HR and the people function be thinking about, Liam? So, yeah, there is quite a lot that HR has to consider when it's thinking of supporting people with flexible working and in particular working parents, because obviously no two situations are going to be the same. You know, some people have more children than others. Some might have children with additional needs and there might be, you know, one size fits all isn't going to really work for everyone. And, you know, there's plenty of figures out there to show that more can be done to support parents with that work-life balance. Some of the figures that recently released by the Trade Union Congress showed that nine out of 10 mums said their mental health has been negatively impacted, having experienced levels of higher stress and anxiety during the pandemic. There was also 25% of mums responded to the survey saying that they were worried about losing their job, you know, whether that was being singled out for redundancy, sacked or denied a change of working hours. And a further quarter who replied to the survey said that they were having to use annual leave to manage their childcare. And around one in five said that they were actually having to reduce their working hours to help with childcare. And several said that they were also having to take unpaid leave from work and were receiving no income as a result. There were some calls earlier this year from the TUC who were asking for working parents to be allowed temporary access to the furlough scheme um, as a result of the uh, extra childcare costs that they were having to incur, particularly with schools and nurseries you know, regularly closing due to uh, COVID outbreaks. Of course, the furlough scheme is now winding down during this upcoming school year. But you know, this shows that there is still a great appetite out there for more support for working parents going forward. So I think the most important thing that businesses can be doing at this stage, given how quickly things are changing for working parents, is just to communicate with them and find out exactly what your workforce wants or needs and reach a solution together. Good communication between HR and workers is going to be crucial if any flexibility is going to be successfully implemented. 
as I said earlier, family dynamics vary so drastically between households that trying to implement any single strategy is going to be very difficult. So I think instead, companies need to just rely on that open and honest communication and really just trust those staff to voice their needs. I think a really good example of this is Lad Bible Group. Their HR director, Sinead Allchurch, recently sold HR Grapevine that over the past 18 months, the firm has seen a rise in the number of employees who have either started families or have grown their families. And so the Lad Bible Group is very keen to support their working parents. And again, as I said earlier, they realise that there's no one-size-fits-all policy. Instead, Sinead says it's about having open and honest communication, encouraging people to take time off to spend with their families and being flexible across the working day. And ultimately, just understanding that you know their team have other priorities outside of work. Yeah, I think that's definitely a really good case study there from the Lad Bible group around the importance of, I guess, just having those, it may seem simple, but having those open and honest uh, conversations to see what employees actually want and need and, and how HR and employers can better support them. And I think another thing, and this dovetails quite nicely with the communications and, and flexibility that we've just been talking about, is I guess considering that although schools will be going back for a new academic year, there might be some occasions when childcare isn't available, for example, and children may well be present at some point during the working day. And particularly, of course, with uh, the pandemic changing working structures, some organisations could be operating a hybrid work model where staff split their time between the office and at home. And with that in mind, it's possible that children could be present at times throughout the working day. And when the schools went back last year, I spoke to an HR expert about a working parents policy that they had rolled out. And what they were saying to me at the time was that this effectively provided guidelines for challenges that may arise if children are around the house, for example, if a child interrupts on a call. And also acknowledging within this policy that there might be times when a worker's child is showing signs of distress and that they may need to just temporarily close down their laptops and just spend time with them to resolve those those problems. And to our final point, circulating these sorts of guidelines with not just working parents, but for the, the rest of the workforce could be really, really good for creating a good company culture and also providing that extra level of support that working parents may need as the schools go back. But unfortunately, that's all we do have time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. 